The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own. This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings. Welcome back to the Federal Football Report on all your podcast platforms, also on Federal News Network. Uh, he's Kevin. I'm Claude. Uh, of course, uh, socially connected, socially close, physically distant. You know, we're making sure physically that we, distant, that yeah. we uh, you know, stay uh, safe and that we stay uh, abiding by the rules of this state. Uh, so there are no tattoos or, <laughs> or barbershop visits or anything <laughs> uh, just yet. Fresh off of our draft show, Kevin, um, I had time to think about the draft show after doing the draft show, as you know, we did it live. What did you think about right. it before I share my thoughts of, of this draft show that we did? I thought it went very well, man. I thought that the fact that Rodney Henderson had a chance to join us and we had a chance to see him from the uh, from the insider and from the fan perspective, man, I think it will. I think that. I think that Babyface and uh, Teddy Riley really ought to called us before they attempted to do their thing. And maybe that thing would have gone a little bit more smoothly. So what do you think about it? Yeah, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I think we should do it every year for the draft. Um, it was fun just to – well, I guess it all depends on when the Redskins pick. Uh, you know, if if success follows the team that we pick picking later in the draft, which is fine, uh, we, can, we can always yeah, just pick yeah. up in the middle of the first round. But the point is, is that I had a really good time just kind of watching things unfold, get our natural reaction, um, have a lot of just – you know, just side chat going on and just chatter until there was something to talk about. And I thought that that was really, really fun and really cool. And I, I look forward to doing it again, man. I had a blast with the draft show. Well, you know, next year what we'll have to do probably is since we'll win the Super Bowl and draft like the last pick of the first round. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we might have to join it mid-draft, so it won't be as exciting. But let me remind everyone, like the Redskins' first pick after they won their first Super Bowl was Daryl Green. Well, there you he go. Was the last pick of the first <laughs> round of next year. So, um, yeah, so I think that we can make that work. Man. We really can make it work. But, yeah, I've gotten a lot of good feedback about it because, you know, with, with our current situation, people don't have a lot of sports to deal with. And then you can get the, the type of sports that just like there's so much conjecture and, and rumor and supposition, right? And we don't do any of that. No. So I think it was very refreshing for us. It was very refreshing for me to talk to you guys because I was talking to two guys who actually knew what they were talking about. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so it really and helped me. It was good to to have a sporting <laughs> event that you know that happened on schedule. You know what I mean? Even though it was a little different, it still happened. It was it was live. It wasn't like a like a game, but it was a live sporting event that unfolded when we needed to see something fresh. And it got me jazzed up for the football season and the college football season. Now here's the thing that I'm wondering: if there is no if, if suppose something happens in the fall and there is no season this year, right? Which could happen. Um, I hope it doesn't, but suppose it happens. Will the Redskins still pick number two in next year's draft? You know, they, we, that question has been asked. They refuse to answer because <laughs> with with the money involved, with the TV contracts and with the the, 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 the players, the union, and, and, and the team owners, and, and the uh, I guess the stadium deal so much being involved, they're going to do everything in their power to, to have a season, even if it's without fans. But – but to me, that, that's a moot point because they have to do something to ensure the safety of themselves. Right? Exactly. Because you know, 
you know, and then unless they have these players on lockdown for 24-7, they're going to leave and go home. And believe it or not, there might be one or two who don't do exactly what you tell them to do <laughs> as far as being physically distant, right, uh-huh. you know. So they got bigger fish to fry. So other, other than that, I don't see why not. I mean, nothing has changed, right? They're, they're the, the, the last active record was the third worst in the league. You know, we'll call that the Gruden effect. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, yeah. but you know what? Next year's show will be even greater because there won't be any college football to draft from. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> right. It'll you be to, all conjecture at that point. Yeah, you have to really, really, really do your research on players that are coming out. Now that would be interesting. So I uh, interesting to see how that how that all unfolds. But let's just grade the draft. Let's talk now. What, how did you think the Redskins did? I think that you know we all know that first round pick, Chase Young. That's an A plus to me. I mean, that was the pick you had to make. Let's not get cute. Let's not trade down. Let's not do it. Let's let's let's. Pick the player that we know we need to pick right. with the second overall pick. And, and that's just my – what did you think about that? Uh, I was satisfied with it. I, like I said, as long as it was a healthy pick, I wouldn't care if it was a boy or girl, right? You know, <laughs> I, uh, you know if they had made a, a um, like a, a deal – if someone had made them an offer they couldn't refuse, I would have been okay with that because at that point the team would be getting better. And, you know, me personally, I'm of the old school that you always draft the best player available you don't draft for need because you draft for need and something happens a guy doesn't pan out he gets hurt now you you got a glaring hole in your team right but at least if you draft the best player available right then your team becomes better in another area right so yeah i was happy with the first pick overall Interesting. So, one other uh, when it, when it comes to the, we talked draft in, in in the draft day. Obviously, we were all on lookout for Trent Williams trade news and whether or not he would still be uh, with the Redskins. Didn't have to happen on draft day. Apparently, there was a lot of talk between uh, the Redskins and Minnesota trying to get him there reunited with Captain Kirk. Um, but it ends up that he's now in San Francisco uh, reunited with an old coach. Um, Trent's gone. What are your thoughts? You know, here's the thing about that. You know, I've always had my doubts about the, the medical uh, staff over in Ashburn because they, they just seem to be hurt more than any other team in the league now. The, uh, you and know, by the way, not just, hurt, not just hurt more than any other team in the league, but our, the players seem to have more setbacks and longer recovery periods than any other team in the league. Yes, and, and that just can't be a coincidence, right? So, you know, the whole thing could have been handled from everybody's aspect, could have been handled differently that being said let me give you this analogy if i'm trying to sell a used car <laughs> i would polish the car up mm-hmm. i'd shine it up i'd you know put a couple of coats of wax on it mm-hmm. i put a couple of signs out there saying great you know hate to part with it you know but i'm willing to let it go for a reasonable offer mm-hmm. what i don't do <laughs> is Go around everybody in town telling them that but that my car is no good, that my car's washed up. Well, I wouldn't put any money into the car. Mm-hmm. It's just that like, I'm thinking about donating it to charity. Right. What kind of deal would I? And I'm saying it because that's exactly what they did with Trent. Right. You know, what right. they should Trent asked for an astronomical amount of money. Apparently, mm-hmm. they said we couldn't do it. If they really wanted to trade Trent, they shouldn't have devalued him like that. What they should have done was made an offer. Mm-hmm. You know, made a, a, a decent offer, a high offer, mm-hmm. and not what he wanted, but at least something that says, hey, yeah, we want you. We're interested in you. Right. At that point, it would have been up to Trent to say, no, I won't accept that. I want more. 
or say, okay, and then everybody would have been happy. Mm-hmm. What they did is they devalued shrimp. They just said, well, no, you're not worth this to us. And then go around asking for high draft picks and things. This just didn't make any sense. When exactly what happened was going to happen. Somebody was going to get them for a steal. And, and that's what that's what the 40, the 49ers got a, a starting left tackle, valuable, I mean, arguably like one of the top three positions on the offense. Mm-hmm. They got him for like a, what, a fifth round pick or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like a fifth round pick this year and like a third, I think, next or something yeah. like that. Outrageous. Outrageous, yeah. but yeah. they did it to themselves, man. They did it to themselves. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. And talking about, you know, uh, the medical staff, uh, there's this documentary coming out about Alex Smith and his recovery. And I was watching some of the video teasing it and some of the pictures and stuff like that. I mean, it was more gruesome than I remember, than what I thought. Um, you know, seeing his leg for the first time without the cast on it, like fresh out of uh, surgery, but then also with that infection and I mean, he was near death, and you just got to ask yourself, how does how does this happen? You know, how does this happen? How does a player suffer this broken leg, already a gruesome injury? How then does this infection happen? How do, this, do we not get this right? And how does he near death? Like, what in the world was going on? Yeah, you, you, you feel sorry for the guy. You have to feel world. sorry for yeah. the guy, you know? Yeah, it, 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 it was gruesome, and some of the footage I saw was just, I remember vividly, Cause I was, um, I was running the studio for a, uh, Navy basketball broadcast with our good friend Pete Medhurst. Nice. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the studio watching the game. I remember the play, uh, it was against the Texans. And Alice was not having a great game. And I remember right as we were going to break, <laughs> I told the guys in their ear, we only had a minute break. Hey man, I just think Alex Smith broke his leg, right? Mm-hmm. This was, you know, instantly when I saw that and because of the way he fell. And I remember his reaction. He snatched his, he was laying flat on his back, snatched his helmet off, and spit straight up in the air. And it fell back in his face. Oh, no. <laughs> fell back in his face. Yeah. So I, I was there from, you know, I, I, I saw it when it happened. and But then again, I saw Joe Dosman happen live as well. This, you know, there's some gro- that's one reason I will always side with the players on contract negotiations and things yes, like sir. that. Right? Yes, sir. Because nothing is worth what I've seen these guys go through, man. If <laughs> right. you think about it, you know, go back in the history of the league, man. You look at guys like, I don't know if you remember Napoleon McCollum. Oh, uh, I do it, it, Okay, he uh, he was a Navy athlete, man. He got a shot, you know, did his service, got a shot in the NFL as a running back with the Raiders, I believe. He got stood up in the pile, like someone was pulling around his ankles, mm-hmm. and someone came forward, mm. and his knee his knee bent backwards Ugh. at a 90-degree angle. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen some gruesome stuff in sports. I always side with the players. You cannot give me enough money <laughs> to do that. <laughs> to do the thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is going to be kind of interesting, right? You know, so, but, you know, we got a new staff here. It's a new day. Um, hopefully the things that happen to, to Alex uh, can be prevented and keep it from happening here and anywhere else in the league. Yeah, yeah hope so. Hope so. Um, now, speaking of documentaries uh, on Showtime, there's one coming out. I think it's April 14th uh, on Showtime uh, about the, about PG County and its basketball fame. You know, all the players from PG County who who, who play uh, uh, Division One ball, but then make it to the NBA. There's so many uh, stories to tell. Uh, executive producer Kevin Durant, uh, and he's just going to go through the story. I'm really looking forward to this one. Have you have you seen the trailer for this? I have not, and and I'm quite excited about that now that you've mentioned that because I've personally known a 
a lot of these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Guys that I've seen growing up and guys who like maybe went to school with my kids mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. who I've seen in action. If, you know, PG count. And, and, and the thing about it is, you know, coming from this area, you know that there is no like wall between D.C. and Virginia. Right. And, and, and PG County and mm-hmm. Montgomery County. There's no wall in Mexico. In Mexico, did not pay for that wall either. The one that's not there. That's right. Virginia. That's right. You know, you need <laughs> us on that wall. But you know, there's some talent around here, man. There's, there's the talent around here, and you know, I'm not, I'm not too bashful to say that I have I've played with some of this talent, mm-hmm. man. Back mm-hmm. in you know my younger days, right? You know, when they were playing with. You know, when they were using peach baskets and stuff right, right back in the day, right? So I'm very excited about that. That's that's going to be something to behold, especially for us, the guys from this area who will know some of the guys who participated in this. Man. So, yeah, I'm glad. Absolutely. It's much more exciting for me yeah, than the last dance. I right. just... Oh, we yeah, got to talk yeah. about that. We got to talk about the last dance. But here's what's interesting about that the PG County thing. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm thinking back in the – I mean, all the, all the guys growing up, I mean, just – from you know, uh, from my memory, I mean, you look at some of the guys in the league, you know, now like Durant, Quinn Cook, uh, from around here, Markel Folks, uh, folks, uh, yeah, folks, you listen, uh, gosh, um, some other guys like Michael Beasley, uh, from around this yeah, area. Yeah. Uh, we still kind of claim Allen Iverson, but he's not PG County, but we claim him uh, because right, he's, right, right. he's no, PG I, County. No, no, I, right. I just knew what news, but people right. claim I'm claiming the, the Georgetown connection, but yeah, but that's about it. Right, uh, but you then know. And, you know, and even growing up, I mean, I remember you know Roger Mason who played for a long time in the league um uh and again like you said he may, i don't know if roger was pg county it might have been montgomery county but it's all the same thing you know when you're that close to it uh and and, and uh who was um from demathy you know you had joe forte and keith bogans you know i mean there was just a lot of ballers in this area and i have a buddy of mine a colleague of mine who's who's from uh, san diego i think but he spent some time in boise idaho and he came here and we got into this sports talk because um his daughters played in some middle school league and you know they aren't really right, good right. but they were good for their league you know what i mean their team was pretty good for their league but it was a small little school and you know just just a little fun thing that the school had for the for the girls team and he was saying how good that girls team was and they could probably beat a bunch of us on the court i was like mm, they ain't beating me on the court and i was trying to explain to him the 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 richness of uh, of, of basketball history and tradition here in 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 the dmv because like, you're not from around here see from where you're from maybe they would beat you and some of your buddies but they ain't beating a bunch of dmv dudes a bunch of pg county dudes dc dudes in ball like that's not happening you know, uh, and so uh, uh, it, it was. It was interesting, and then he brought up there was some radio stunt he did in Boise where they played a middle school team, the middle school team that was the best in the state, and, and the middle school team beat them. I said again, you're talking about yeah, your right. boys. You're talking about your Boise radio friends. You're not talking about the DMV. We're not losing to eighth graders, man. We ball around here, and he didn't understand that. Yeah, so I'm making this Showtime documentary must see TV for him, so he can yeah. understand what I mean when I say we balls around here. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Man, there used to be a court up in Georgetown, up off of uh, Wisconsin and Q Street. Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, it was unique about that. It was like the courts that you see um, uh, in New York, the New York City playgrounds, where there might be a chain link fence, uh-huh. chain link fence along the sides of the court. And a lot of times the players from Georgetown who weren't supposed to be out there playing, you know, <laughs> pick up games, would come up there and play. And it was, it was, Serious. Oh yeah, of course. It was serious. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about that was, it wasn't like your typical. Let me. I mean, you know, people who know the thing. It's like you go to play a 
a pickup game at Anacostia Park. That's one thing. You take right. it and taking your life into your hands right there. <laughs> but this was serious, right? And guys would play because they know that they get a good, respectful game. And nobody was like, Trying to hurt them, basically yeah, out there, yeah. right? Nobody's you know? going so, to try to fight yeah, you and yeah, so, shoot at you because they. <laughs> <laughs> which happens? Yeah, which this happens? This is going to be some awesome stuff. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to yeah, that. It's like going to be. Cool. It's going to be. I can't but, wait to talk about it. So let's. Yeah. So this last dance situation. Uh, I, I'm. I, so I'm on episode four. I'm. I'm following the series. Are you following this? Like, are you all caught up to what's been aired yet? Oh no, no, no! Okay. See, because I've I've watched it live. <laughs> See, I've I've watched it as it was occurring, right? Uh-huh. And that was the golden age of basketball. Yes. Now, you know, let me just go on record saying Michael was great. You know, I don't I don't genuflect as his altar, right? You know, I get personal reasons, right? You know, but but that was the best era of basketball. And if you look at it, you know, I'm on and I'm on. You know, like he gave more. We can talk about the last dance. If you look at how many people could have had rings mm-hmm. except for the fact they came up during that era yes sir, yes, sir. i'm telling right. you and that but see and that's my whole thing about greatness like when people are talking about you know well michael is you know lebron versus mj well what about kobe i'm like too many people got rings during lebron james career for him to be the goat too many people got rings during kobe kobe's got five but i mean you know who's got five during kobe's uh, career tim duncan like i mean like other people <laughs> want a ton of ring and and and, and they were they were lapses in 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 Kobe's winning. I mean, he had the three with Shaq, and then you know uh, 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 there was a, a period where they didn't win anything, and then you know he put together the second group with Paul Gasol and those guys, and then he won two more. I mean, that's that to me that doesn't mark greatness. For me, it's all about dominance. And and once Jordan right, got right. once Jordan got rolling, the question every year was, will anybody be able to beat Michael and the and the Bulls? And and once they got rolling, the answer every year was no. It could, the Lakers couldn't do it. The Trailblazers couldn't do it. Uh, the Suns couldn't do it. Uh, the Jazz had two times at it. They couldn't do it. Um, you know, these teams couldn't beat them. And that's just what it was. I mean, it was the right. dominance. And Hakeem Olajuwon got his two rings because he got them during the time when Jordan decided to, to play base- baseball and came back for a shortened right, season. Right. And that's when he got his. I mean, Hewing had a small window. And Barkley, all these guys did not win championships because Jordan was playing. That's right. That's right. That's right. And and it doesn't take away from their greatness, but right. that's just what. And, and and like I said, I haven't followed this thing because I saw it. And I'm hoping <laughs> to give Phil Jackson his due, right? Because he was the one that charted the course, like all these icebergs that you just mentioned. He charted the Titanic through all of that and made it the greatest ship of all time, right? right? right you know, right, right. because he he had to devise the game plan. To beat the, 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 the Ewings and to beat the Elijah Wines and mm-hmm. the, the Dresslers and the Barclays and all that, and right? And to get so, to the Pistons. And then, yeah, I'm saying, and then, uh, you know, went to L.A. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Right. Here's what's wild, though. You know, they, 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 they um, you know, a couple things. You know, for, for me, like my first, I was a football fan since like six, six years old or so. And so I remember early, I have earlier memories of football. But basketball, like my first memory of basketball was that first championship against the Lakers, with Jordan going up right-handed, switching the ball to the left hand, hitting the layup. Um, that was my right. first – that championship, uh, that first one was my first memory of basketball. So before then, I didn't realize that the knock on Jordan was great player, great score, probably the greatest player to play right now. But he can't win the big one. I had no clue that that was a knock on him until they beat the Pistons. Well, that 
you know what? That was one of those things that that's when around the era that sports talk first started taking off, and they needed something to talk about. <laughs> and everybody, everyone realized that that one player they could change the destiny of a team, but one player couldn't do it by himself. There were millions of, of examples of teams that had one great player, but and that's what uh, what made the NBA great. And this was prior to expansion. This was prior to like. Um, like everybody and their brother having a team, right? But you would see, whenever you see a game, you'd see one great player. That's mm-hmm. why the All-Star game was, was so awesome because it gave those, those a chance for the great players to play against great players, right? right you know, right. Um, and to play one great players. But um, but I saw Jordan as a rookie hit 63 against, against, mm-hmm. <laughs> against the Celtics, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, and... and and that's again the the, the 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 thing about this whole the last dance thing and, and 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 Jordan being the highlight of it. It was more than Jordan. Somebody had to put that thing together. And I remind folks listening here to the federal football report that Jordan didn't win anything until Pippen got there. That's right. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. They definitely right. Pippen is doing this one. They give him. And I didn't realize how underpaid he was for most of his career with the Bulls. Yeah, man. That's a, you know, the NBA salary structure has always been kind of hosed up, man. <laughs> I remember there was a guy named uh, John Concat. I believe mm-hmm. he went to Arkansas. And he was one of the, the, the one of the first ridiculously play, paid free agents. I mean, he averaged maybe like six points and, and four boards a game. <laughs> and, he, and he got a multi-million dollar <laughs> from the South. As a matter of fact, I remember the Sports Illustrated article and it was him. It was one of the first pictures where you see it, somebody making it rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was somebody was just a picture of somebody just pouring money upon him, right? But, but yeah, the deal that Pippen signed, I don't, you know, uh, I, you know, who knows? Maybe he thought it was a great deal at the time. I remember Magic Johnson signed a deal with the Lakers. At the time, it was considered outrageous. He signed a 25-year deal huh. for $25 million. <laughs> You remember, and at that time, no one had ever signed that much, you know, that mm-hmm. that you know, for that much amount of money mm-hmm. and that security. And and people were saying, "Well, Mike, I, don't, I mean, uh, Magic, I don't know about that, you know, the way things are going." But you got to remember, also at that time, the NBA didn't have the popularity it did, didn't have the TV contracts that it did, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at, I think at some at that point, some of the uh, the championship games were played on tape delay because they couldn't get sponsors. To play them live. Now they're all prime time. Mm-hmm. But, but yes, he was underpaid, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm happy for the Bulls. Blah blah blah. blah. I, I just haven't watched any of it. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> Do you plan on watching any of it? Because I love it. I'm fascinated by it. Uh, no, I think I'll wait till they do it. Have they done the one on the bad boys yet? Have they done that uh, documentary yet? I think they have. No, I haven't. And, and I guess I might as well go ahead and spill this. I had something against Michael Jordan personally. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's personal or what. You know, the, the whole, and it, it revolves around the shoes. Right. Yeah. Okay, when right. it got, you know, when the shoes first started getting popular and then became like a status symbol and then to the point where people were like losing their lives over these shoes. Mm-hmm. I thought it was time to kind of scale back or for Michael to step up and say something about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop this foolishness over these shoes. They're shoes, people. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that ever happened to my knowledge. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> no, All right, I, hear, I, hear I hear you. I'm sure he doesn't you. care about me either. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't care about me. So. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> but, so yeah, let's, no, okay, let's, let's, let's pick up the, 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 the 
the pace a little bit here because we're depressing the people listening to us, right? You know, <laughs> this is a happy show. This is a happy I mean, show. You know, we're supposed to be and one right, thing, right. We're supposed to be yeah. socially close, physically distant. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll continue that. But <laughs> one thing that makes people happy is cake. And you've been doing a lot of baking recently. I saw you on uh, uh, Twitter. What's going on with that? I have, I have. But look, let's go through the draft real quick. Okay, yeah. Just know. Mm-hmm. It was in the first round, pick Chase Young, the defensive man in Ohio State. And uh, the second pick of the third round, they picked Antonio Gibson, a wide receiver from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, round four picked up uh, Sadiq Charles, a tackle from LSU, which made Trent Williams expendable, which mm-hmm. he was gone anyway. Mm-hmm. Round four picked up Antonio Gandhi Goings, I believe it is, a wide receiver from Liberty. Um, one thing I noticed, Antonio's have a pretty good uh, career path in the NFL. You know, we've got Antonio Camardi, we mm-hmm. have uh, Antonio Freeman, mm-hmm. and Antonio Brown for a while, uh-huh. you know. so Antonio they Gates? Did, they did pretty good. Yeah, Antonio <laughs> Gates. They did pretty good on the Antonio aspect of this thing, right, you know. And they got a center in the round, round five. Uh, uh, somebody in there, what's his name? Wait a minute, I got to refresh here. Uh, center from uh, Keith Ismail, San Diego State. And Khalid Hudson, the linebacker from Michigan. So I think they got some more guys too, but they probably won't make the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're happy about that. And we're going to try to get one of these guys on for you, right? Because it is a federal football report, and we don't want to be too self-serving about this. But we're going to try to get guys on and let them know that, you know, we also know a little bit about sports in this town. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we, we got connections too. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Let's talk cake now. Yeah, let's. You know, being uh, <laughs> physically distant, we've had to um, we had to do a couple of things, and like I wanted to say, I want to be better at stuff than I was when I got into this situation. <laughs> and um, you know, one thing I hadn't been able to go see my mother-in-law that often, and I hadn't been able to get some of her good old-fashioned pound cake. <laughs> So what I did, I went online, I got a bunch of recipes, and I said, well, I don't like this, I like that. So I incorporated a little bit from everything, and I created my own recipe. Now, oh, let me tell you about Kevin's this recipe, special, now. okay. That's right, that's right. Now, let me tell you about this. I made it, my family enjoyed it, mm-hmm. my wife asked me for the recipe. Mm-hmm. I said, well, is she, she going to cook it? Um, probably not. <laughs> so, <laughs> Turns out she sent it to a friend oh, who's no. being socially distant. Yeah, in her neighborhood, mm-hmm. and they had sort of a socially physically distant uh, bake off. Oh, in the neighborhood, and okay. it's you know I don't know how many participants there were, but she used my recipe, one first place. No, Good. Oh, oh yeah, here, Kevin. oh yeah, and this is the first time she put you a little did glaze this. on it. First time, first time she uh, used it. First time she made a cake. First time she used the recipe. One first place. Good night. Oh, that's a winner. Okay. Now, I'm going to try to say this slow. I know people take Are you going to keep the recipe to yourself, or are you going to share it? No, I'm going to share it right now. <laughs> and that way, people, if, you know, what they can do is they can download the podcast off Podcast One or Apple Podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. And then as they're baking the cake, you know, I can, like, be giving them pointers. All they have to do is hit pause. <laughs> Because we wanted to put the love in it, right? We can't just dump stuff from a box. Oh, yeah, no, man. No, come on now. You can't just be putting stuff in pans and in ovens and stuff like that and not put no love in that. No, come on, man. That's not how we do it. Now, you could also tell the fabulous Mrs. Claus to stand by, right? Because you know that you're going to have to sample this. I don't know who the baker is in your family, you or her, but but it works for both men and women. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's what you're going to need you're going to need three cups. Of cake flour. 
Okay. Now, cake flour is different. Now, I, check this out, man. I've got scientific on it, right? Because I, I understand the, the scientific principles and all. That's why I like cooking, man. It's like being in chemistry class, right? <laughs> cake flour is different because the proteins in cake flour, they emulsify and harden at a different temperature and a different rate than regular flour. Yeah. So what that does, it, it, it blends better. It, it, can, it combines better with your ingredients. But it also gives you that nice crust on the on the on the cake, right? You know, yeah. extra bit of sweetness yeah. without the added sugar. Okay, you need three cups of cake flour, three cups of regular flour, okay. two and a half sticks of butter. Now, uh, some of the recipes call for cups of butter, but butter doesn't come in cups; it comes in sticks, <laughs> right? Two and a half cups of butter, a tablespoon. That's one of the big boys of mm-hmm. Crisco. Okay, right? Mm-hmm. You can need six eggs. All right. You're going to need a half half teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon of baking powder, not the soda, not the stuff in the refrigerator oh. that keeps it from smelling bad. That's right. So that's what I would have. I would have seen the baking soda right. in there. Oh, no, don't do that, man. I don't know what happens. I think it swells up like when I love loose. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, here's what you do. You take the butter. When you're going to make your cake, put it out. You want it room temperature. You want the eggs room temperature as well. Mm-hmm. Just take the butter out the night before or that morning. You want it soft, not much, but soft, okay. right? Throw that in the bowl, right? You can use a hand blender. <clears throat> I, I, I guess you, should, you really should use electric blender. Otherwise, you're going to have some great traps, right? <laughs> Forearms, as you, right? Okay, you take the butter, then you slowly, slowly blend the sugar in it. And okay. it comes out very creamy. You're going to have to stop every so often and scrape all this goop off the side of the bowl. Mm-hmm. Slowly do this, right? It's going to take it's going to take some time, right? I, I advise stopping every 45 seconds to scrape the bowl. Okay. <laughs> You're with me now, right? Okay. Then one at a time, this is important, one at a time, you add the eggs and blend them for 30 seconds. Oh, you can't put Just, all of them in there at one time. It's got to be no, one at a time. No, okay. don't put all your eggs in there at one time. Now, don't put cool all your eggs in one basket, all the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> You can take all the eggs and put them in one bowl and still pour them one at a time because the eggs are, the eggs remain physically close but socially different. <laughs> yeah. So one at a time, one egg, blend. Another egg, blend. I was like, okay, you do that until all the eggs are blended in, blended in right now you mix all the other dry ingredients, the flour, the uh, the baking powder, baking soda. Remember, you know, blend all those in a separate bowl. Then, this is the cool part. You take a quarter of that flour mixture, okay. dump it in there slowly, then take a quarter of the milk. Did I mention milk? You need a half a cup of milk. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more milk, half a cup. It depends, all right? You got to fill uh, it. You got to fill it, guys. Yeah, let's say a, a whole cup. Let's yeah. say a whole cup. You can't put too much milk. Okay. So take a quarter a cup of milk and a quarter of the flour, blend it in there, scrape the bowl. Then take another quarter, another quarter of the milk, mm-hmm. blend it in there, scrape the bowl. It takes a little time, right? Because mm-hmm. you got to make sure you don't dump it all in there together. It'll be lumps of this and that. Okay. Okay, you repeat that four times, right? Also, I forgot one ingredient, very important ingredient. You need two, tab- two tablespoons of vanilla extract. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, now, if you're like me, you got a bottle of this stuff that's been in your pantry since 1992. <laughs> <laughs> it's still good. It's okay. It's still you good. You can use it. Yeah. It's okay. You might want to get some more when you go get the rest of the ingredients, but you can still use the 1992. Right? Okay. Oh, man. After everything is blended, blend in that vanilla. Blend it for two more minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, put it in a preheated oven. I guess I should have told you that part first. 
The oven has to be preheated to 325. 325. That's the very first thing you do. Okay. 325 when you get up in the morning. 325. Now you take your pound cake pan, which is a, a you know one of those bunt cake pans that works with a tube in the middle, mm-hmm. right? What you do is take some Crisco and you rub it all inside the pan, very thin mm-hmm. layer. Then you take a half a cup of that cake flour, dump it in there too, and just don't rub it in, just dust it okay. all over the cake pan. Just dust it, yeah. In there. That keeps the that keeps it from sticking, mm-hmm. and it also gives you that crust on there. That that man, this is good crust on there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, then you know that somebody calls it the, the slap your mama stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> right. I don't know where the expression came from, mm-hmm. but it wasn't in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't talking about my mama. <laughs> Not my mama, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's another thing, man. I used my dearly departed mother's uh, sunbeam blender, which she probably uh, had since 1981. Nice. And I turned it on, and all kinds of dust and stuff flew out. <laughs> this thing, right? Now, I took it outside and turned it on, sir. Okay, so you got that right. Mm-hmm. So you got, let me go through the ingredients one more time. Three cups of cake flour, mm-hmm. three cups of sugar, two and a half sticks of butter, half a teaspoon of salt, teaspoon of baking powder, six eggs, two teaspoons of vanilla. Mm. Guaranteed, guaranteed to be the best cake you ever ate. Definitely the best cake you ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you don't get coverage like this anywhere. You don't get to hear baked goods and also draft goods all in one show. But this is what we do here on the Federal Football Report because you're real people with real lives, and you don't just sit around and listen to a podcast all day and do nothing else. You cook and you eat and you bake, and so this is what we're doing. That's right. And you watch movies, and that's why we do movie reviews. And you have kids, and so I'll tell you what Manny's up to. We're we're showing the people. You know what we're going to do? I tell you what we're going to do when when uh, when the podcast becomes available and, and we tweet that that out uh, on uh, or whatever platform social media we do. I'm going to include my email address and I want people to email me and and tell us what, what the cake was like. Right? Yeah, you know, that'd be I'm crazy. Not that'd no, be no reward. Right. <laughs> no prizes. The cake is the prize. Right. <laughs> right. The cake's the prize. We're not giving out anything else other than that. So we did we did football. We did basketball. PG County. We did cake. Anything else we need to cover in the show today? Uh, one question, there's just one question, and I brought this up, and it's been getting all kinds of responses on Twitter at Fairfield Kevin, right? Um, do you cut your grass or do you mow your lawn? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is actually the subject of a discussion, well, slightly. Uh, uh, well, I don't know if it was a discussion, but kind of a thing you and I had on, yeah, on Twitter. Um, so I say cut the grass. I say we cut the grass. But apparently only savages say that, right? Like, yeah. It's more mature to that's say. That's what I found out. To say <laughs> that's what I found lawn. out. <laughs> what? Cut the grass? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> never. You know, I didn't know I had a lawn. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just see grass. You don't have a lawn. My house is <laughs> nice enough to have a lawn. We got grass. So yeah. So, grass, so, so, yeah, so yeah, what, yeah. what's the verdict? What do you? What do, what do we say? Uh, apparently, the people who follow me on Twitter, Sandra, Kevin, they mow their they, they mow their lawn. <laughs> they mow which. Makes me feel good because I got a, a, a higher degree of listenership. Right? Right, exactly. Like where they grow up. They ain't grow up where I grew up at. <laughs> and I love them. I love each and every one Absolutely. of them. Right? Absolutely. They're know. fun. By the way, you guys got to follow Kevin on Twitter uh, uh, at Stanfield Kevin. He's a funny follow on Twitter. Very active. I mean, socially active, but still physically distant on Twitter. 
Yeah, physically distant, physically distant. One last <laughs> shout out, as always, we're gonna give a, give some love to our great friends at Stanfields of of Canada who exactly. have repurposed their organization, repurposed their underwear organization, which mm-hmm. they made the best underwear in the world. The and again, they will make the best underwear in the world. But right now, they're making PPEs, personal protective equipment, mm-hmm. for uh, the the medical team in Canada. Right, you know, and uh, if people in America would act a little nicer, I'm sure that they could get some too for our, uh, you know, because nothing is too good exactly. for the people on the front lines, right? So Absolutely. we so shout out to Stanfield. We love them. We know they love us and, and, you know, we'll be together again soon. Yes, and they've got some great t-shirts and things like that too and sweatshirts on their website. I mean, you know, and, uh, most, yeah, like you said, very comfortable underwear. I think I have some on now. I'm not sure. I can never tell whether I have them on or not. They're so <laughs> nice and yeah, thin and airy. Yeah, so seriously, folks, if you want to do something to help people, go to the Stanfield's website. Just just Google Stanfield Underwear. You won't get mine. For not- <laughs> <laughs> You'll get the real deal. And maybe buy something off the catalog, right? So everything we do helps. You know, if you help them a little bit, they're going to spread the love to uh, the people because we're all in this together. Exactly. It's not an American virus. It's not a Chinese virus. It's right. not an Italian virus. Mm-hmm. This thing wants to get all of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we stand together and fight together, we all can beat this thing up. So, yeah, so give them a shout. You know, look, you know, just look at the catalog. Maybe just you clicking on something will make them feel better. You know? Exactly. And that's what we do here at, uh, at uh, the Federal Football Report is we help people feel better, man. Kevin, you make that's me right. feel better. I'm going to try to I'm gonna try to make make that cake, try to make myself feel better as well. Thanks for your time this week, Kevin. Thanks for your time, folks. It's the Federal Football Report. Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.